All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Gridiron Zero's podcast. That's not good enough. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Gridiron <laughs> Zero's podcast. It's episode 74, and it's a jam-packed episode. Jam-packed episode, we got the Lions alternate helmet drop today. Uh, we do a draft, annoying shit that pisses us off about the NFL. And then uh, we cap it off with the AFC North offseason recap. Um, yeah, it's jam-packed. What do you want me to say? Let's just get into it. All right, let's go ahead. Let's jump right into it. The Lions just came out with their new alternative helmet. Uh, it is a blue shiny blue helmet uh with uh the old detroit lions logo on it i am so ready and it looks really good in my opinion you know what uh i might be a little biased though yeah well that that's kind of my uh initial thought on is that i feel like all the lions fans i've talked to so far about it really like it yeah it seems like i have a couple people that aren't a fan i was gonna say all the comments i've seen from just NFL fans on the whole, or like broader fandom, really aren't digging it. Yeah, uh, which surprised me because I'm I'm pretty picky about this stuff, but I I actually really enjoyed the logo, especially. I think the the blue helmet maybe is like kind of different, throwing people for a loop a little bit. But overall, I, I think I it's feel like nice. I've seen more negative comments about the blue or uh, the logo than the blue. Well, it's funny because you know, like with a throwback logo, it's like. I've seen some comments just being like, yeah, great throwback to logo to when they actually won something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's kind of true. Like the history of this franchise is, um, you know, it is what it is. So uh, you don't have a whole lot of like reverence for eras of Lions football, really, besides uh, this era way back when, when they, before pre-Super Bowl era, yeah. maybe the 90s a little bit with Barry, but that's really about it. I mean, that's really about it. That is really about it. And the 90s is stretching it. I'm saying just because of Barry. Yeah. Like, that's that's it, though. Uh, so, so throwback culture as a Lions fan is not really something that we have. But, like, this is treating it with the reverence like it does have a throwback culture. Yeah. I just love the logo. It's, it's one of my personal favorite throwback logos. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't mind that logo. I do think that that shade of blue would have looked better with a, a gray current logo. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like it would have popped a little bit more. But I understand. You want you know a little historical aspect to it. I think it will look cool. The weird, the weird thing to me is that they're pairing it with the um, gray with unis. the gray unis. Yeah, and for, I'll, I'll you know I, I'm sure I've said on the show before, but I'm not a fan of those. I I, I, I don't like them. Are. Um, I'm not a fan. But like. It's like a really modern Lions uniform yeah. paired with a, in theory, old school throwback. Which, mm -hmm. by the way, the other part of this too is like, it's got some like thing to do with like the Mustang. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get know that angle of it. it like, into it. I do not know. I guess it, it's a throwback Mustang. So I guess they were alluding to the logo. It seems like the blue of 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 the helmet is pulled from that Mustang rather than. I would say the Lions logo draw more attention to the Mustang logo and the similarities as to the Lions throwback logo. 
Okay. I don't think it's like a I don't think it's like a historical angle at it having the Mustang logo in there. I just think that those two logos are similar, and that they kind of pulled from that, or maybe the maybe the Mustang pulled from that. I don't know because I mean they're both Michigan. I know that's I know, the other thing. Yeah, I know it's Michigan. Obviously, the Fords. Right. Obviously, but like that's probably why. Well, you for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, but like. I it, it is weird just because like I don't feel like a lot of other alternate um you know unis, helmets, whatever kind of draw from a third party brand either at all, like Ford. You know what I mean? I, I know again, I know they own the team, but like you don't see like Tampa Bay's cream school jerseys being like, well, this is actually inspired by like Coca-Cola or something. You know what I mean? Like that's not part of the story or anything like that. So I, I don't I don't think it's a tie-in to Ford either. Well, I mean, like I don't know the announcement video is in somewhat, in some ways. But I don't know, I man. Go, go look at the go look at the post again. I feel like the, they they really have an emphasis on it for some reason. It's like a it's like a heavy emphasis on the Mustang. I, I don't yeah, know why. There is there is a. I mean, knowing the shots that they took, the the close-ups of the Mustang logo and everything, who knows why? But yeah, I guess you are right. There is an emphasis on the Ford vehicle in the helmet reveal which is yeah. a bit strange that that's all i'm saying out. yeah it just there seems to be a weird angle where it's like tied in kind of heavily to it and yeah. i don't feel like i see that in a lot of these kind of things so just a weird note but yeah again overall i like it a lot uh wish it wasn't paired with the gray unis but then i i mean when i was looking at it i was like well what else would you pair it with right because the blue is off from the honolulu blue i guess the white jersey i would really like the white jersey with that that'd, that'd be cool that'd be cool um but really, that's about white, it. All white unis. I feel like that would probably look better than the all grays. They did the white out a couple times, so yeah. I think that would look good. Yeah. But uh, only two times we're going to see it this year, which uh, I don't. I feel like you got to show it off more than that. But the first time we will see it in action is Monday Night Football against the Raiders. So I was shocked this wasn't a um, a Thanksgiving uh, thing. Oh. To be honest, I mean Monday Night Football against the Raiders, and that's, like I think Week 15 or 16. no, it's, it's the last last week last game the Vikings. But yeah, I think it's going to be electric to see that for the first time in Monday Night Football. Well, let me ask you this: This is kind of a um, obviously there's not a whole lot of Lions news going on. So this is really our only talking point today. But um, looking at this logo and looking at this helmet, I know this is like their 90th anniversary thing or whatever and that's why they're doing what they're doing all teams are allowed to have alternate helmets now and alternate jerseys again which is cool mm-hmm. um but you know there's there's been a lot of speculation that in the next it could have been this year but it's not so now people are going to say saying it's next season that the lions are going to get a uniform refresh uh like overall which thank god because i can't stand these uniforms i just want them out of my life They've been <laughs> this has been one of the worst eras of Lions football in those jerseys. It's been real bad, mm-hmm. and also they're kind of ugly to me, in my opinion. Uh, but that being said, with this first attempt at a an alternate, and knowing that it's the anniversary, and they're kind of leaning into like a, a throwback, like a true throwback. Do you see maybe next year when they unveil their new look, whether it's with the just the uniforms or the logo or like a complete overhaul like do you think they'll kind of dip into this direction a little bit where it's like a throwback to an older style lions like uniform helmet combo oh yeah 
I mean, I, everybody's posting about that, right? Like but, everybody yeah. has that because it's kind of the trend. Because because right? you see you see teams like you know the Browns went back to you know their more classic look. It's a little bit updated in some subtler details, but like it's more or less the same classic uniform. Tampa Bay went back to their pewter helmets and like the same uniform from like the 2090s and like I don't know it seems like that's kind of the trend is like let's kind of go back to basics a little bit and take it back to I wouldn't mind a simpler a, look I wouldn't mind a revisit to the 90s uh look and feel I, I think those jerseys are very underrated and that's probably just nostalgia kicking in but uh I wouldn't mind that at all I also wouldn't mind them taking like a leap at like some out there jerseys see that's what i don't want yeah. that that's what i don't want because this this last iteration was kind of a more modern look and it just didn't really do it for me i, I kind of would hey, be but the cincinnati's look great they do look really good and honestly they kind of look like a lion's jersey yeah a little bit um i mean bengal lion but like just the title. yeah the the numbers on them kind of remind me of the 2000s lions logo stuff like i don't know so there's definitely some similarities there but like I feel like going back to just a really classic look for like the blue face mask and like the look from the nineties, that'd be really sweet. Um, I think that that would be my like preference if they're going to go one direction with it. And I think seeing this throwback in my, in my head is I'm thinking they're thinking the same thing a little bit, but it's also their 90th anniversary or whatever. So maybe that's, maybe that's really the reason they went with this uh, logo over anything else, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, the shade of blue, they've never had a shade of blue on their helmet before. So, uh, No stripe down the middle either, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, this kind of goes into uh, – this is going to go way off kilter, but my thoughts on Hollywood as well. Uh, I'm, just kinda, <laughs> okay. I'm just kind of <laughs> sick of seeing the same stuff brought back. Um, but worse. But worse. So that's kind of – I feel like that's kind of where I'm coming from. And that's why I feel like, you know, uh, it would be cool, but I would rather see them take a leap at something. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think the helmet looks great. I, I'm very excited to see it. And I just, I know that it's going to be rocking Monday Night Football. And it's going to be so cool to see those jerseys in that helmet. I'm so excited for it. Uh, but what do you say we go ahead and talk about some annoying shit that the NFL does? Can I just say off the top who is number one for the most annoying uh, draft uh, winner today? It's it's Diana walking through the podcast set, sniffing, her her nails clacking on the floor, uh, making the whole recording process uh, very cumbersome today. We are at Lucas's house, not my house. Uh, so, yeah, number one pick. Yeah, she's great. Uh, so, anyway, we're going to uh, – a do a little draft here uh and we're gonna do five picks each and uh it's gonna be the things that annoy us the most about the nfl uh we will snake draft uh and i'm gonna go first because we're best friends i love you my dude i think the most annoying thing about the nfl is that it's not year round wow okay i definitely didn't right. have that one okay uh they're trying they're, they're trying they're trying their their hardest uh and i understand why they don't do it and i think it would be horrible if they did do it but i want it year round right i don't want there to be an off season in football 
this is the part of the year where it really feels the longest too. Yeah. like this stretch after the draft and before training camp it's just like this is the driest period of time so driest period of time and uh the other thing that adds to it is that there's also just nothing going on in sports right now because the nhl's over nba's over all you're left with is baseball golf and yeah, there's golf which i'll flip it on every once in a while I, I, the u.s open on sunday was fantastic uh but for the most part you're stuck with baseball and who and, the fuck wants to watch that yeah in detroit that's a truly wretched product on the field yeah. so yeah that's pretty so, bad well uh, you, you kind of started with like a somewhat like um nice nice one yeah you know it was pretty positive nfl Mm-hmm. Uh, mine are all salt. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm very just like I got a couple salty ones angsty in here. So yeah, yeah. Well, this one is currently the most annoying to okay. me. So uh, the amount of Odell Beckham Jr. content posts I see from NFL Social That's uh, completely reasonable. Just stop. He's yeah. he's like 30. He hasn't completed a full season in like five years. I know he signed with the Ravens. It's very exciting. Is it though? Really? I mean, Lamar doesn't throw. Like, can we just stop? Yeah. I've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough of it. He's like one of those players for me that's just like, it's a little too much attention. That's what um, he mine had, was for Trey Lance. He like, he got drafted. yeah, it's it's just, it's the guys like, you know, if you post about Patrick Mahomes three times a week, that's I'm not going to, I'm not going to blink. Yeah. Because no, like, he's, he's, he's the him. greatest quarterback of all time, potentially. He is him. So he's like, he's allowed to be posted that many times. You know, I would say even like the younger guys, like you know Bryce Young. Okay, fine, he's gonna have one pick. Fine, you can you can you can post oh, him. Right. That's fine. Like Josh Allen, whatever. Like who, all these guys who are like really notable stars right now. Like that's that's one thing. But a dude who got overpaid, hasn't played a full season in God knows how long, is a diva, and just way too overhyped. Uh, I'm not interested. It wasn't even the best receiver the last time he played. No, on his team. So I mean, he had a good stretch with the Rams, but like he, it was, it was like an above-average receiver stretch, not like a total gamer. Like I would say that it was a, I guess yeah, above-average above receiver. receiver. Yeah, that's fair. Not a superstar right now. No. So he gets, but he gets treated like he's a superstar because he was, you know, eight years ago. So he gets treated like a super superstar because he made one catch. So let's that's just turn fine. the amount of those posts down. NFL. Uh, I have a really good one for you that, yeah, I don't think you're going to have on your list. And I, oh, I'm sorry. You, you have to go again. I'm sorry. I'm jumping the gun. I'm jumping the gun. Oh, we're snaking. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just keep it on the social media train here. Cause this one you might have. Okay. Uh, one of the most annoying things to me is the infamous social media scrub. Uh, when a player is salty, it's <laughs> really good with their team. I didn't uh, think of that one. The, it's the, really good. The move is to completely remove, um, you know, your team from your bio. Yeah. All the posts and it, it, you know, I think it started off as like a thing a guy did, and now it's like a tactic used by players. Yeah. Um, and I'm willing to bet the guy who did it first actually left the team. Right, like Kyle Mur- Kyler Murray a couple years ago when he like deleted all his stuff off social media and then stayed with the Cardinals. Yeah, I think Stephon Diggs just did it with the Bills. Like, did he really? Wow. He thought they were going through it a little bit these last couple of weeks, but um, yeah, it's just an annoying thing, and it, it's it's I think it's annoying to me because it has now evolved to into part of the dance. Yep. 
Like it was fine uh, just as its own thing. Now it's like literally reported on. Yeah. When players do this, and it's just like I have to hear about it. When, it's also like when Von Miller scrubs his account. Like, I don't. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Yeah. It's also like just really fucking stupid. Like as a player, you're like, I hate this team so much. I'm gonna delete all the posts I made about them on social media. Yeah, I kind of it show them. It. Yeah. Well, initially, it's like it seems surface level kind of immature yeah. um but now it's not now it's like part of the game which is what annoys me yeah like it's like a a move to make yeah so no that, that is very annoying that's a good pick um here, here's one I, I bet you didn't think of and you're you're thinking strictly like social media in the game i'm thinking outside uh the second most annoying thing that the NFL does, and I don't see them doing um, differently anytime soon, is that they will not sell the rights to a different publisher other than EA Sports to develop <laughs> a video game. Man, I should have done that one. It is an atrocity. It is, uh, it is uh, a war crime against video gamers <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. That EA has a monopoly on football games in the market and they just it is so incredibly frustrating that those scumbags get away with it if i had millions and millions of dollars i would weasel my way into ea just so i could somehow destroy their lives personally it's really it's really funny because we have to feel like once uh a season so far with the podcast we do bring up Madden just because this is about that time of year too where yeah, it starts yeah. to it start to pump out the, Josh the Allen promo for the new one yeah here's everything we're changing this right year. so I saw that video today they put yeah. out they put out one and they're like we've completely reinvented our player skeleton and I'm thinking to myself you haven't done that in <laughs> like how long like you you're proud of yourself because you invented a new skeleton after three generations of consoles <laughs> like yeah. what are we talking about here these are we, this should be something that is like done every year and not talked about check it out we put patrick mahomes sidearm in there it's like who the fuck is asking for that no like 12 people want that sidearm in the game and yet it's a major focal point yeah it's one of the only promo images you're seeing this year yeah, yeah. Well, it's, look, they, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, you have to give props to EA. Yeah. Because they have perfected, that them and Pokemon, have per, per, they've perfected the art of making a bullshit game every year, selling it full price, and then doing it again next year. Yep. And I think people now on social media are a little bit more salty about it, but I bet you the sales are still just as good. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my other pick, and I'm going to get a little bit back to the game now and, and things that the NFL is changing that has made the game worse. And I'm not going to say big hits because while I would love to see some of those big hits that we got to see like in the late 2000s, uh, they are really bad for the game. So, um, but I'll tell you what's not bad for the no game. More, no more bounty ball. Yeah. No more bounty ball. Unfortunately. And fortunately. Um, you know what's not bad for the game? Celebrating. Great pick. Why, why do we not allow wide receivers to 
fucking go all out on their touchdown celebrations. One of the coolest touchdown celebrations I've ever seen was when Joe Horn for the New Orleans Saints scored a touchdown on Monday Night Football, lifted up the padding on the field goal post, pulled out a cell phone and pretended to make a phone call. That's just so stupid and creative and hilarious. It's like it's it's like WWE level yeah. antics. Yeah. And like Steve Smith, amazing touchdown celebrations. Obviously the two goats, Terrell Owens and Chad Ojocinco. Um <laughs> the only, the only was, thing they're goats for. It was a true art. It was an art form coming up with these touchdown celebrations. And the fact that the NFL doesn't allow it anymore is ludicrous. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why? But they, but they air quotes, they do. Because yeah. the players still do celebrations and they just get fined for it now. Yeah, they do like, yeah, like you can't pump in the air three times. <laughs> and, you know, actually to bring it back to the Madden thing, that's so funny because... Um, yeah, I remember a couple years ago, um, I think it was, God, I think it was the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, uh, that the team celebrations kind of became a big thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. They'd all get in the end zone and do some funny thing. And, you know, we're talking about something here, which players get fined for and the NFL has, you know, yep. you know, sticking their middle finger at the players for doing it. But they program it into Madden. Yeah. You can go do it in Madden when you score a touchdown. There's a prompt to do a celebration. Yeah. So it's like still very much part of the game. I guess I And do. it's fun to do. But like, yeah, but I get what you're saying. It's like it's still frowned upon for some reason. Like it's so stupid. Like I miss excessive celebrations. <laughs> okay, okay. Like over the okay. top, Chad Ochocinco running out to the sideline and getting down on one knee and proposing to a cheerleader. Was it OBJ that, that peed like a dog? Yeah, was that him? And he got fined for he he got flagged and fined for that celebration. Like that's really funny. Uh, but they're like, ah, little kids watch this. We can't be teaching that to the kids. Fuck off. That's fucking stupid. All right, Al, your next pick. My next one. Uh, it's probably even more annoying to people after trying to team build <laughs> GMs. Uh, contracts that reset the market. Ooh. This annoys me <laughs> because why are guys like Dak Prescott going out there acting like they deserve a contract that's better than anyone's ever gotten in the history of football? Um, I agree and disagree with this one. Because it's like, unless you are Joe Burrow, who's took your team to a Super Bowl in the first couple of years, you're Patrick Mahomes, who's won a couple, you're Josh Allen, who you, you sniffed that you know territory and you got close, and clearly your team would be lost at sea without you. I'm not just saying it has to be quarterbacks, but those are the examples that came to mind. Right, right, right. Uh, get out of here. D don't, don't, like, you know, a Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Lamar Jackson, these guys should not be asking for market-changing contracts. Kirk I'll, Cousins, no. Come on. I'll, I'll help you out here. I think quarterbacks is a really bad example. Um, just Fair. because those are the most important positions on the field, and there's not a lot of good ones. So when you find one that you think you can win with, you have to pay them. What and, and the ball is in the player's court, right? But that, I guess that's the part that I just like, you know, we we grew up watching Brady and Manning and these guys. Brady took team-friendly deals quite a bit, and he still got paid quite a bit, and he still yeah. made a pretty darn good career for himself, and now is literally also, part owner of the Raiders. He made so much money. I mean, also like... To, you also have to remember, you know, he was a very popular player in the NFL. 
NFL. But if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL. Here's the thing. You think about Tom Brady. How many commercials do you think Tom Brady's been in? Now. How How many sponsor deals throughout his career, too, right? He's been in a lot. He gets a lot of sponsorship deals. How many sponsorship deals do you think Kirk Cousins has? Not as many. I'll say Not that. As many, right? So, for a lot of these quarterbacks, like Daniel Jones, like, who the, who the fuck is going to pay Daniel Jones to be in the commercial other than the local New York Delta? But even him, I mean, like, he, he did not come to the table saying, I deserve top of the market money. His agent uh, did. But he is still in the top 10 of guys yeah. being paid right now. Does he at all seem like he's worth that in the uh, grand scheme of things? To me, no. Because you uh, honestly, you could probably go get a, a journeyman veteran to play quarterback for the Giants right now and play pretty good. You could play. You could have a Jimmy Garoppolo. You, you could you could have like guys who are cheaper uh, that was than a bad him. Example. <laughs> Fair, but you, you know what I mean. You, you could have guys who are eh. a little bit more financially reasonable and probably the, the drop off in production would not be like earth shattering. If you, whereas if you went from Josh Allen to Mitchell Trubisky, well, yeah, it, no shit. Like that's going to be a huge drop off, but like Daniel Jones, and Mitchell Trubisky, maybe not as much, maybe not as much, you know, I mean, you know, we're getting a little off. Throwback, topic, but. Throw, throw uh, quarterbacks out of this wide receivers, like Christian Kirk should not be resetting the market. <laughs> yeah. For, it's a really good example. And wide receivers also, the ball is not completely in their court when coming to uh, the table in, in negotiating their contract. Like, you can't, you can, you can show for some wide receivers, like, yeah, these guys are game changers, they're game demolishers, um, they help us out a ton on offense. But, like, for somebody for Christian Kirk, that contract makes absolutely zero sense. I don't know why the Jaguars would have given them that. And I'm sure they regret it to some degree. Like, it was way too fucking much money. Uh, and they should have negotiated it down by saying, hey, you're not him. You're not setting the market cap, the market space for wide receivers. So in that aspect, I agree with you. Quarterbacks, it's really tough. But at the same time, I understand where the players are coming from because the window for the NFL is so small that you have to try to go get right. But like, money. you're gonna get paid. You're going to get paid. Why, why do you have to go? Why, it should you be. If you want to win a Super Bowl, if you actually want to be a champion, win a Super Bowl, and have a team built around you that can do that, you should be trying to reset the market every time you get paid. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, you're making a ton of money. It's not like you know. It's not like you're you're getting fleeced. Yeah. So it's just something that irks me sometimes. Um. So my next one here, um, we're pretty fresh off of it. Um, on the whole, uh, coverage of the NFL draft, way too much, way too much coverage, mm, way too much discussion. Um, the draft media complex where we're talking about, uh, you know, is Bryce Young going to go number one now when it's three days before the draft? Like, yeah, he is. Like, okay. we've known this for a while. Like, it, it's that level of scrutiny where we're going to this, where people are like doing 16 mocks, where things are being flip-flopped on the top five nonstop. Is there going to be trades? Like, we, no one has any idea until the draft starts. So can we just dial back the amount of speculative coverage on this thing? 
going into it. This I, is the first one that you and I kind of overlapped on. Okay. I, I said the media during combine slash draft. Same, yeah, same, same diff, same it, diff. It's horrendous. Every, everyone's trying to act like they can predict who the next giant superstar yeah. or bus is going to be when in reality, we don't know much of anything. There's so many factors that go into a player and how his career will play out that there is 0% chance that you can predict it to be anything but uh, a lucky guess. But it's like literally on, on like ESPN, it's, it's months worth of programming. Yeah. And guys make their entire career out of doing mocks and writing articles about prospects. And like, I get the importance of it to a degree, but at a certain point it just becomes fluff and just like nonsense talk. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we get real close to the draft. Like that's when it, that's when it peaks hundred percent. Here's another rule in the game that I feel like should be a little bit different. Um, why can't the players have a good Donnie Brook on the field? Have a good one. Donnie Brook? Goal fist fight, bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> I didn't know what you meant. Uh, I don't understand why, you know, Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson couldn't hash that shit out right there. Hockey players do it. Let these two full, these titans of men beat the shit out of each other on the field. They don't have to keep playing after that unless they want to. Which I, I understand that could be dangerous and I was uh, not going to say bigger hits. But, you know, eject them both after the game, I guess. So they don't get more injured, but let a motherfucker knock somebody out. Didn't expect that one. Yeah. Not, not gonna lie. It would be incredible to see like a fucking fight break out onto the field. <laughs> Except for the time where Miles Garrett knocked uh, Mason Rudolph on the head with his helmet. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. I mean, it was <laughs> fucking assault. Maybe some CT, but yeah. Like heavy assault, and we're glad that Mason Rudolph's all right. So maybe not using weapons. Uh, like they have to use their hands, and, and the whole fight is trying to get the other player's helmet off his head so you don't break your hand when you punch him. Okay. Like that shit would be hilarious. I think that I think would lead to more funny. injuries, which we don't need more of. Yeah. Because we already have quite a bit, but. I, I mean, I think I, it would be cool. I think it would be. Cool I would like to see fighting. some guys just get knocked in the mouth for yeah. sure. That that would be that'd be pretty great. Like, can you imagine Penny Sewell fucking squaring up? Which you know that would be our number one fighter. On the yeah, team. yeah. Uh, so yeah. Oh man, Lions would be a scrappy, a scrappy yeah. crew. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, my last pick, and this is very prevalent today. Um, Limits on jersey slash helmet designs, redesigns, new designs. Um, I wish they would just let the teams kind of like fucking go all out with these. And I get like, you know, from your point of view, it could turn out really ugly. But do they have to keep it? No. If it's really fucking negative, they can just fucking switch it back. Yeah, there are definitely teams where I would love to see them abandon their current yeah. one because it's so ugly. The Falcons jerseys are so ugly. But I'm like almost positive that there's a lot of rules in place for like when teams can redesign. Yeah, it's how it's many a, designs they can have. Here the you can only use your colors. From a rebrand, re jersey, new look perspective, I believe it's five seasons minimum. Yeah. Which is entirely too many for ugly ass jerseys. Like these Jets jerseys, awful. Yeah. Like get rid of them. Really bad. I hate to see Rodgers in one of those. Just you know, what an iconic time for the Jets right now. I hate the guy, but you can't you can't deny that it's a huge moment for them. Yeah. And they gotta rock those fucking dog shit 
jerseys and those ugly ass green helmets. Yeah. So I mean, like, shame. just do away with those rules. Let the teams do what they want, and let let them get a little creative. Let them get outside the box a little bit. I worry you do get into some NBA territory a little bit where yeah, you get some all wacky great. Yeah, but you get some wacky stuff. It's something different. It's cool. Like, you know. They're flirting with it. Not, they're flirting with it. Yeah. I think we're starting to see it a little bit. You, you know? know, even when they're flirting with it, it's still like. Pretty conservative. All, but, yeah. all, alternate, all teams can now have an alternate helmet. Guess what? Half of them are black. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that was just so snooze fest last <laughs> yeah. year. But the logo's a little bigger. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't care. Yeah. So uh, that is my last pick. Uh, and Al, your last pick? Uh, I know, again, this is a draft, but I was pretty certain you wouldn't take this one, and I really wanted to talk about it at the end, cap the segment off. Um, I think it's, besides the Odell Beckham stuff, which is peak annoyance to me right now, uh, one of the most annoying things to me, ever since the Deshaun Watson situation, really, I mean, that's, that's really what kind of, like, put this over the edge for me, uh, is the NFL's insistence on all the content and ads and all the stuff they put out to try and make them look like they're the most wholesome, inclusive, uh, community-driven product in sports. Total bullshit. Total nonsense. How can you have ads out there for, like, you know, women in sports, women football fans, Pride Month, all this shit, when you have Deshaun Watson as a starting quarterback one of the top paid players in the league and he's done what he's done off the field. I mean, you read it in the comments, fans are fucking sick of how much that they try and champion themselves. It's like these like really progressive actors. Just stop. Yeah. You're, you're a football sport product. Can we just cool the brakes a little bit? I don't know. It's just, it's really peak these last, like last calendar year to me. And I, I'm a pretty like open-minded person. Like, I probably skew more, you know, progressive view-wise. But the NFL, just like, it's it's not your cup of tea, man. I don't know. I know maybe that's a little controversial, which is why I want to save it to the end to talk about it. But it's just, it's kind of got bubbled into a very annoying uh, thing with me, with them. So, yeah, um, this is a little controversial. Yeah, I don't know if I have a, a solid left or right take on this. Um it's it's complex. It's a complex a lot issue. Of your picks are very complex. Because like, because like, I I get as a uh, as like a company or whatever as a corporation, you kind of have to you kind of have you kind of have stuff. to go that way with things. Uh, but like, it just feels very disingenuous, and uh, I don't know. Just kind of gives me uh, gives me the willies a little bit sometimes. So rightfully so, yeah. Maybe it's past annoyance. I mean, I it is, it's no different from any other corporate shill company where they fucking put, you know, a, a rainbow flag for their profile picture during Pride Month. You know, like, it's it's just, they're doing it just to say they did it. You know, like, a lot of companies don't even give a shit. They're just doing it to do it because other companies are doing it and they feel necessary. They feel the need to do it, right? Like, yeah. It's it's all corporate chill bullshit. So I, I can understand where you're coming from with that. Um, all right, good draft. Uh, let us know in the comments who you think won. Uh, 
Um, all right, let's go ahead. Let's get into the AFC North offseason recap. Okay, uh, AFC North offseason recap, starting with the Browns. Uh, Funny to start with them uh, right after that. Ending the last segment the way we did, and then we even continue the discussion off pod yeah. for a few minutes. Maybe, and then we'll we're... Do a, <laughs> maybe we'll do a cold opening Going to this segment because Al and I ended up talking about it for another five minutes. Um, Jim Schwartz is now the defensive coordinator. That's interesting. <laughs> That's your number one note. Uh, well, Elijah Moore, uh, wide receiver coming over. Um, That's big. Who is the other wide receiver on that team? Cooper. Amari Cooper, thank you. Um, so they got a pretty solid wide receiver room now. Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper, Brian Peoples Jones, uh, DPJ. Um, solid wide receiver room. Uh, they add Dalvin Tomlinson uh, to a four year, $57 million deal. And wow, he got paid. Yeah. Juan Thornhill, uh, three year, $21 million deal. Uh, what do you make of these offseason moves, Al? Do you think they moved the needle at all? Uh, they also, I believe... Oh, Kareem Hunt's no longer on the team. They lost Kareem Hunt. Uh, I want to say they also acquired Zadarius Smith from the Vikings, mm. I believe, via trade. I believe you might be right. Um, Jadavion Clowney no longer with the team? I don't think he came back, no. I think he's still free agent, actually. Uh, but, so? Uh, oh, yeah, overall, I mean, they... I don't we know. think they kind of beefed up a little bit. Think I think they made enough moves to actually get out of that hole they were in. Well, they were without Deshaun for eleven weeks last year, right? Right, and he didn't play particularly well when he came back right away. I think he got better throughout the season. It was also his know. first time playing, right? And um, this year he's got a full a off season. Yeah. yeah, this year he's got a full off season with uh, the team, with the team, with Stefanski. You know, I real I don't. I know we. All, I always tend to kind of bring the conversation back to the quarterback, but it's really it really is a big important spot for for this uh, team, especially. Yeah. Um, just because they, even with Baker, I mean, the last couple years before last year, like they, you know, he did enough to keep them in contention, and the defense played really well. Uh, they had enough playmakers. Nick Chubb is obviously a monster. Um, Amari Cooper is definitely a a pretty good receiver. I think adding Elijah Moore is interesting. I, he never like he was fine on the Jets. He had some flashes, but he just he was on the Jets. So he's on the know. Jets with Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. So so we'll see what he does there. But yeah, the the real question is, I mean, what does this team look like the first true year with Deshaun Watson here? And they are in probably. Rob, no, the Bengals are pretty darn good. I was gonna say I was gonna say the most open division in the AFC, but I don't think so. It's South. Yeah, it's probably the South. I mean, the Bengals are they should be running away with this thing. I know the Ravens yeah. are spicy. I don't know. This whole thing is spicy, so that's kind of why I say it's open. I, I mean, would say it's the Bengals race to lose. Um and two teams can catch them. Do you think this is one of the teams? Yeah. Interesting. It, it it really just depends on what Watson does, right? Yeah, I know. I hate to really kind of bring it back just to like because they that have, one point, but but really this team has been pretty solid for a couple of years, and like they solid defense. The coach, the coach. I mean, I think I think you've expressed your uh, oh, disdain for how he can't run the football with the best running best running back in the NFL. Yes, Stefanski. How he can't run the football with the best running back in the NFL. 
somehow. Um, and now behind, you lose, behind one of the best lines in the NFL. And now you lose uh, Kareem Hunt. Um, so your your running game loses a dimension to a degree. I mean, I don't know if he was. They'll find somebody. Yeah, the teams always do. Yeah. So uh, it's really just a question of adding what they thought is a superstar at quarterback. Is that really going to be the piece you thought it was and kind of take you over the top? Because, yeah, this division is tough and this conference is tough, but, like, you should be in the thick of it. Yeah. I mean, you should definitely be trying to make a run uh, at a Super Bowl this year. I you mean, should not be coming in last in this division. No, I think everyone kind of gave them a hall pass last yeah. year, but, um, you know. That's last year, so this is a little bit different now. But my question about them is, um, like, draft-wise, did they do anything of major note? I don't think so. Because they didn't have any of the first-round picks. Those, yeah. those got traded. Yeah, no, I don't think they did anything of note, in my opinion. I mean, nothing – I mean, I know that we mainly focus on the Lions here, but nothing comes to mind, right? Yeah, I mean, I nothing that was earth-shattering that I can think of. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, did the Browns do enough to get out of the hole, in your opinion? They kind of beefed up in some areas. So, you know, I think they could still go 10-7. and 7. I think they could go Did they do enough to win the four. division? It's so tough to say. I don't know. <laughs> I no. don't know. No, they didn't. Not in my opinion. Um, it's just the Bengals are just they're they're right there. I yeah. mean, they're they're really the number one in the driver's seat on this thing. So I don't know. Uh, returning for his second year, we'll start out with uh, the Steelers this way. Returning for his second year is uh, Kenny Pickett. Um, they did some things, right? Yeah, down the stretch they definitely played better. I mean, they going. Out of last year, they were kind of flirting with a playoff spot for a couple weeks there. Oh, they didn't do a whole lot. Patrick Peterson is now with the team on a two-year, $14 million deal. Just keeps getting paid. And, uh, yeah, how is that possible? That makes no sense to me. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, probably mispronouncing that, three-year, $28.75 million deal. Uh, Former Brown. Former Brown. Uh, they released Miles Jack. He's no longer with the team. Has he been picked up by anybody? I don't think so. That's stunning. Yeah. Uh, Nate Herb, Herbig, uh, guard. They got the defensive tackle, Larry Ogunjobi. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Ogunjobi, I think it is. Right? Yeah. I think so. Um, DeMonte Kazit, uh, two-year contract for the safety. From they, the Falcons, I believe. No, that was a re-sign. Okay. Well, I think he played there before, though. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some re-signs, they're keeping, they're keeping their their core players. They still got Mika Fitzpatrick. I don't think this team will be bad this year. I just think that they're going to be running into buzz sauce left and right. Sutton left to go to the Lions. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, they lost, they lost uh, one of their corners. I still think they got a good amount, right? They got some solid guys. I don't even think Sutton was really – one of their top guys. I think statistically he was actually sneaky good. I think he yeah, was pretty good. Yeah, I, but I don't think he was, you know, uh, uh, at the top of their depth chart. I think he was a guy that they were willing to lose. Steelers kind of 
find a way to make hay with their cornerbacks. I don't know how, but like they had like Joe Hayden way past his prime for a few years. Like I don't know, they don't really have a bunch of super flashy corners, and they usually seem to play pretty well. They uh, they got a pretty easy schedule. It starts off you know not great with the 49ers and Browns, uh, but then they got the Raiders, the Texans, and then the Ravens, which is a tough one. But it, you know those interdivisional matchups are never gimmies for any team. Especially that one. Yeah. That one's a always toss-up. They got the Rams, the Jags, the Titans, the Packers, yeah. the Browns, Bengals. Then they got the Cardinals, the Patriots at home, which is a winnable game, the Colts, the Bengals, the Seahawks, and the Ravens. So pretty that's a pretty stretch. Down that, the line, overall, though, that's a pretty favorable schedule. That is a favorable schedule, 100%. So do we think they did enough? to get a wild card spot. No. Ooh. Only because the AFC is so stacked. Do you see them having a regression this year? No. Well, someone's got to though, right? I mean, well, not necessarily. Let's let's look at it not from divisional standing but record standing. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I, they were what, 500 based a little over based on their schedule. Uh, I would say no, they're not going to regret to regress. I think that they would probably win more games, if anything. You think they win ten games this year? That schedule sounded like there were some cupcakes on there, and if they win a couple close wow. ones, they could flirt with ten games. My thing is, the playoffs are that's that's going to be tough. This is going to be a tough year to get the playoffs in the AFC. They had uh, a nine and eight record with a thirty eight negative negative thirty eight point differential. Isn't that insane? Um, good for them, though. Uh, how about how about? I think I think they regress this year. I don't think they go nine and eight again, even with that schedule. Really? Yeah. I don't. Man, how about Najee Harris uh, steps <laughs> yeah. up a little bit? Um, <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah, he's been a uh, disappointment, at least. Baltimore. Um, they get back Lamar Jackson. They yep. signed him to a ginormous deal. Yeah, I was going to say it's more than just getting him getting him back. He's 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 there to stay. They're tied to him now. Um, Todd Moken is now the OC. Todd Munkin. Yeah. Munkin. There's no N in between the O and the Mon- K. Monken. Monken. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, OBJ. I, I would say the two most noticeable things. Um, in terms of free agent signings, OBJ one year, eighteen million dollar deal, overpaid much, uh, and Nelson Aguilar, one year, three point two five million dollar deal. They also draft a receiver in the first round. Uh, I think they took Zay Flowers. I Zay say. Flowers is correct. He has uh, a lot of people talking about him already, uh, and Rashad Bateman is also in the room. So they got a <laughs> probably so- his best wide receiver room that he's ever. So many receivers for a guy who doesn't throw that much. <laughs> for a team that runs the ball a lot. Hey, you know what I was going to say would be a huge addition for this offense if they made it now? Go get Delvin Cook. Just Ooh, bring him in. He, he's a free agent right now. That adds up. Yeah, I mean, just if you're really if you're going to be that team where your identity is to ground and pound and, and run, I, I think it's just kind of who they are on offense. I, I think they maybe they'll try and develop into more – of a lethal passing attack over the ground game. Now that Lamar's there long-term, they probably don't want to, like, burn him out after a couple of years. But, like, 
yeah, they they need to beef up the running backs if they're really going to do that. I guess yeah, they really do. J.K. Dobbins can't stay healthy. No, and they, what do they have Gus Edwards behind him? I mean, it's just yeah. not not all that much. So, um, interesting aspect is that they do commit to Roquan Smith and uh, decline. They extend Roquan to a five year uh, contract and decline Patrick Queen's option. I don't think that's that big of a shock. I, Roquan, I guess Roquan is better than Patrick Queen, so I mean, like it makes sense. But somebody's going to get Patrick Queen, and he is not a bad player. Not a bad player, but Roquan is definitely a better, yeah, NFL linebacker. And they're really, they are really like the same player, right? I'd rather have Roquan too. So yeah, don't blame them yeah. for doing that. Don't blame them for doing that. But their defense going into last year, I mean, I was so bullish on their defense that I thought that they were going to win the division, maybe make a Super Bowl uh, run. Yeah. I was going to say, win the division. You had them at the top. So I don't know if uh, I don't know if I believe in them that strongly this year. I think most of the pieces are still there, if not even better. Well, um, now that um, Lamar has his contract, are you sticking with that same narrative that you had last year? No, because I, yeah, part of my narrative last year was that Lamar had everything on the line, uh, and if he goes, with- <laughs> he said. Fuck you. Yeah, really. I mean, if he won a Super Bowl last year, can you imagine the deal he would have gotten? Like, really? Like, I mean, like, his deal was fucking massive. So it wasn't, it could have been more. (laughs) What were we just talking about a little bit ago? It could always be more. I mean, he he didn't get the Deshaun Watson deal. That's what he wanted. Yeah. And he didn't get it. Now, if he won a Super Bowl or got to the Super Bowl, it would have been that deal. Yeah. I I think. Okay. Yep. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, with all these additions, what do we think? I think they do have what it takes to win this division. Mm. I I think it is a two team race. Also, based on what you are you said, did you say three or two? I said three. I think Cleveland could make it interesting. Yeah, I I I think they can make it interesting. But ultimately, I don't think that they're in you know in contention to win this thing. So, uh. I'm going to say that it's, yeah, Baltimore and Cincy's race, but Cincy's mm-hmm. in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, I don't think they did enough to win the division. I think they did enough to get a wild card spot. I'm not a big believer in uh, Lamar. Uh, yeah, now that he's been paid, I just don't. Yeah. I, I, I could totally, and maybe this is just my, like, perspective at the end of last year when he uh was missing time and like he wasn't mm-hmm. you know there was lots of speculation if that was contract way he didn't want to play because he was kind of banged up and he wasn't getting paid yet so he didn't want to put himself out there like there was kind of those questions floating around and um i don't know now that he's been paid i just don't i i would wager there's not the same urgency there yeah so i don't know yeah i uh and i also don't think this team just has the ability to stay healthy. Like, I feel like it's every year. Well, you know Odell won't finish the year. You know that. They're always dealing with injuries. So, I don't don't think they have what it takes to um, override. The next team we're going to talk about, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who uh, I don't think they had a very busy offseason either. These teams uh, didn't have anything crazy going on. Really, that comes to mind. There's only one big loss for the Bengals that I I had. but Uh, P. Ryan? Yeah, yeah, honestly. P. Ryan was a great uh, one-two punch with Mixon, but he left and went to the Broncos. Uh, the big signing was Orlando Brown from the Chiefs, who got a four-year, $64 million deal. 
uh, continuously adding to that line, which I think you, you cannot go wrong with that. Um, in hilarious fashion, they did sign Nick Scott, who, uh, if you're a longtime listener to the podcast, you know that I despise Nick Scott and find him to be a horrible cornerback. Um, so three-year, $12 million deal, that ain't bad. Better than the I Apple, yeah. I guess. And uh, they got a Jermaine Pratt signing. Um, the guy who cost them their season. Yep. Um, so good for him. Yeah. Um, glad that he's still on the team. They probably that, that might have been a we have to sign this guy back. Um, so they always. I think it says more that they signed him back than that they didn't. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Like they believe in that guy. Um, they had a couple of noticeable names in the draft. They get uh, the defensive end Miles Murphy. Uh, teaming him up with Trey Hendrickson, I think that is going to be a great little one-two punch. You know what? There, there was one other big loss that they had. I don't know if you've gotten the the, the retirement of Jeremy Hill. No, really? Wow, <laughs> really? Wow, that's yeah. Incredible. No, uh, did Jesse no. Bates? Oh yes, Jesse Bates. Jesse went to Bates the Falcons, leaves the Falcons. Yeah, but he was franchise tag last year and uh, kind of felt like they weren't going to pay him. Uh, going into last year, and sure enough, they weren't. So, kind of surprising actually, because he's been kind of a gamer for them. I was, it's pretty surprising that they just let him walk. And he goes to Atlanta and gets a juicy contract. So, I wonder if uh, that will have any impact on their secondary. Uh, well, it looks like they're putting their faith in the safety Michael J. Thomas, who got a one year contract extension. Um, they also did add some DB help. Oh, so I think Nick Scott, who is technically listed as a safety, is his replacement. So, oh, that's bodes well for you. Uh, that's a big downgrade, in my opinion. Um, but they also did get some help in the uh, secondary with DJ Turner from Michigan, who they drafted. Uh, that will be interesting. Uh, I know that my Michigan friends have some mixed feelings about DJ Turner, but we'll see. Um, Here's the thing. There's still Joe Mixon. There's still Joe Burrow. The offensive line has gotten better. Uh, there's still Jamar Chase. All three still of them are still there. Yeah. Um, For now. Trey Hendrickson is still there, who's the anchor of that defensive line. Um, that team is still intact. That team isn't going anywhere. The question is, not only do they have – do we think that they have – do they think that – do we think that they have enough to win the division, but get over that hump and get back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean they they've proven it the last two years that they are a really good team and that they are in the mix as long as they got that core and most importantly, you know, Joe Cool. Uh, they're absolutely in the mix, one hundred percent. Eight and three in the conference last year. The only two teams that did better than that were the Chiefs and the Bills. Which and they can hang with them. They can hang with them both. Uh, we don't know between the Bills and the Bengals who would have had, or if the Bengals would have tied oh, that that's right because they were one game less. So overall, yeah, no, I think this team is still top three in the conference. Probably top two. I would put them ahead of the Bills at this point. Um, I think yeah. I would too. I think I would too. I think yeah, number two in the AFC. I mean. It's funny because I feel like we could be going out of this year and we could both be like someone else could firmly be number two. Yeah. And the Bengals could have slid, you know, slid down a spot or two, but like no way that they're out of the top five of AFC teams at no. the end of the year. Oh, hell no way. 
Hell no. No, this team does not regress. If only, if anything, I think they only get better. Well, uh, it's that part of the recaps where we rank who we felt like had the best off seasons. This one's really interesting because I know I don't think anyone over. other than maybe the Bengals had like real splashes, and the bank, uh, the Ravens' big splash was getting their guy back. Yeah. So. Um, I'll I'll start. Okay, you got it. I'm actually going to put the Bengals last. Okay. Uh, because they, well, they kind of lost a key defensive player, and honestly, P Ryan's kind of a loss. I'm not going to lie. That's like he's been sneaky good for I them. I think I I agree with that. And I, but they they do have all the pieces to bring the band back together and to to. Go make a run. So I don't hate on it too much. I understand you got to let some guys go and can't pay everybody. And I think the offensive line addition was was pretty nice. So that's you know, it's, it's pretty good. But this is, everyone kind of had a nice offseason in this division. So I, I'm going to put them four though. Okay, I'm not going to put the Bengals fourth. I'm going to put the Steelers fourth. I don't think they really did anything with their offseason. Um, My listing out key. The two that I had written down were Patrick Peterson and Larry uh, Ogunjobi. So, yeah, I, I guess yeah. for for me, it's it's just that they they didn't lose anyone big. We lost Sutton. Yeah, <laughs> we know they did. But. Um, yeah, I, you know, just it it didn't stir the pot for me, and that that team I feel like needed an off season that stirred the pot. Um, three, I'm going to go with, um, I guess the Browns, uh, wow. I don't think they had a bad off season, but I don't think they had a better off season than the other two teams. That's, that's spicy to me. Um, I'll get into the Browns in a little bit here, but I, I think the Steelers are my number three. Why put them three where the Bengals are four because the Bengals lose out on a couple key players. They do make a nice addition, but the Steelers kind of are somewhat neutral. I, I'd put that a little bit above the Bengals for me. Understandable. Absolutely. My number two team, I think I'm going to have to go with the Bengals. And I think the only reason I have them listed higher is, yes, they lost Jesse Bates, which was a huge loss, and P. Ryan, which I agree with you, I think will be a bigger loss than people realize. But the number one thing with this team in the last two years has been the offensive line and they went out and they got the guy, right? They got the left tackle. They got their penny Sewell, uh, which I know he's a right tackle, but technically he would have been a left tackle on any other team. Um, but Orlando Brown was a huge, huge signing for this team. So I have them at two just because they addressed the number one thing that the team didn't have. And that is an anchor to that offensive line. Somebody who's going to lead them, and somebody who's going to make that offensive line so much better. So I, I would put the Bengals at two for that reason. Um, number two. This is really tough. I guess I'm going to go Cleveland. Um, it's it's a toss-up for me, uh, but I, I think adding guys like Zedarius Smith, uh, Elijah Moore is a nice pickup, and – I think they just kind of solidified. They didn't really lose anything. Um, yeah. And, you know, time will tell how this Deshaun Watson 
trade ages and stuff. But yeah, if he if he's productive and he goes out there and has a top mm-hmm. ten season in the league, which he's very capable of doing, um, then these additions will be pretty fruitful. And I think this roster was already pretty good. The fact that they were kind of flirting with a playoff spot for a little while with Jacoby Brissett is uh, is saying something. So pretty impressive. Yeah, I. But it they could they could have been my number one pick this offseason. But I would just say overall, it's been a very good offseason for them. So number two for me. And we both had the Baltimore Ravens at one. I think this uh, is self-explanatory. They brought back the guy. It's the biggest. It's In the biggest factor. Mind. Yeah, it's the biggest factor because he he is their offensive identity. And if they weren't going to have him uh, this year, certainly would be looking a lot more bleak. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like the main point. Like this could have been a disastrous offseason for the Ravens. But we, you know what, though, like it, it's the most important thing that they that this team could have done right now. Yeah. So that's why to me they're number one, and also. I know I just talked about the trash about Odell, but bringing him in, Aguilar, drafting a receiver, like they're beefing up. They're yeah. beefing up the offense. They got Roquan locked up. Like they're 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 beefing up for a couple year run here, um, and they have like a pretty clear, definitive identity of of who they want to be. So, as far as an offseason goes, I would say it's it's pretty darn good, and it's it's them and the Browns are really a one A one B for me, but. Um, just the fact that they locked up Lamar puts them above the Browns for me. So yeah, I feel like this whole division could have been one A, B, C, D. Because I mean, like some teams made a splashy signing, but they also lost some pretty big players. Some teams uh, just kind of rode the wave. It's a it's probably the most uh, like solid overall division that we've talked about. Yeah. So far, I don't think there's one team in here where it's like, wow, they are a train wreck or wow, they are destroying everybody with their offseason. Mm-hmm. Like they're all pretty, pretty good in some areas and pretty neutral in most of the others, minus the Bengals losing a couple players. But yeah. All right. Let's uh let's go ahead and wrap up the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna do it for us. Thank you again uh for listening to this episode of Grand Zero's Podcast. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Grand Iron Zero's Pod. Um Al, you got anything? Did we uh I know we bet NBA. uh no, we were no dead NH- wrong. No NHL. Uh no, we did not do the NHL. I think we both would have been wrong on that too. Probably. But uh nothing to bet on, no lock of the week. Sorry. No, nothing to bet on currently. Sorry, folks. Um, be sure to be tuning in next week, uh, or the week after, I don't know when we'll do the next episode. We'll get to it. Yeah. We'll get to it when we get to it. This was, uh, the last of the AFC. Yes. Uh, off season recaps. So we moved to the NFC, which honestly I, I was thinking about it today. Uh, NFC is far spicier to talk about. You think so? Yeah. I think there's a lot going on. I think, I think the AFC has like, I think everyone was pretty good going into the offseason. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of good teams and like there was some there's a couple big moves, but uh I feel there's been a lot more like movement in the NFC. There's been a lot more like uh, changes and bad and bad teams and bad mm-hmm. teams making changes. So like I think there's more to talk about. Yeah, I yeah, like. I'd probably agree with that. It's I would say that it's a lot more open than You know, you know when the Lions the when the Lions are ranked like fourth in the NFC. You but know this thing is wide open. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's getting spicy. Let's be real. It's getting spicy, 100%. Um, all right. 
Be sure to make good choices, good decisions, and we'll catch you on the next one. Later.